And so it's crazy because to think now that we're not even a year out expansion, where now it's like we've got a massive wait list of more people. I just want you all to understand that you've got to have faith. You got to have faith that, hey, if I build it, I'm giving them the opportunity to come. Now you got to learn business and you have to learn all these other things so that people will actually know you're there. But I think that's a huge thing. Let me ask you this, Mary. If you've ever asked yourself how to stop trading all of your time for money, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Wealth Code Secrets, where I'll be teaching you how to access the wealth code by creating solutions and value in today's ever-changing world so you can create unlimited wealth and fulfillment in all aspects of your lives. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Wealth Code Secrets podcast. Greg Todd here. As we are celebrating a National Business Month, and you know, it's so cool, like, that we can do this. We can have National Business Month for Healthcare Professionals, which I literally just created. Uh, It is so cool to talk to more and more people that are thriving in business and they're in healthcare. And the coolest part about it is that these are people that are have have decided, you know what, there's a lot of problems in healthcare, but I want to be a part of solving these problems and I want to fix these problems. And so we're bringing on another guest today Mary Koska, thank you so much for being on Wealth Code Secrets, and thank you for being a part of National Business Month for Healthcare. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell the people a little bit about your business? Sure. I am a pediatric OT. I have had a private practice for 14 years, and we specialize in um, helping our sensory kids and families. And, and And then I also have an online business, too. Awesome. Fantastic. So let me ask you this 14 years ago. You know what? You've been an OT for how long? 34. 34 years. So Mm -hmm. 34 years ago, did you think business was in the cards for you? Was, was that part of the plan to always have a business one day? Well, actually, um, yes. When I was deciding on a career, Um, I come from a pretty entrepreneurial family. My dad's always had his own business and I always had some kind of, I was always selling something, doing making stuff or whatever. Um, And so I thought um, when I was looking into OT and I saw that you could have your own business as an OT, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And so in my mind, I thought someday I probably would do that. Um, But it took a long time until I felt that confidence to do it. You know, it was um, 20 years in, I think by the time I, I did it, but it, it, there was a seed there. Like I, I knew that that was something I'd probably do someday. So what happened at year 20 to say, okay, it's time to do it. Something must've been going on. Oh, I think, you know, the word and it starts with P <laughs> pain. <laughs> Tell the people a little bit about it. <laughs> So pain, you know, we kind of can be comfortably uncomfortable, right? For a while. And then all of a sudden it's very uncomfortable and you just have to move on. So I was in a situation where I was in my happy place. I had been working in the school district for 12 years and I was just, I was just ready. Um, I was, I thought I'd be there forever. I loved it. And then I had always had really wonderful people to work for. And then I had one that was the exact opposite. And, um, 
And I was being criticized for basically doing a good job, making my coworkers look bad because I was doing, you know, I was always striving for excellence and it was just, you know, be mediocre. Don't. And it just, it just wasn't me. And so I was literally told, um, we don't have to provide the Cadillac. We can provide the Volkswagen and, uh, you know, I guess now maybe we'd say Tesla instead of Cadillac. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, but I was just like, you know, they were just wanting me to rein it in. And I was just like, no, this is me. And, and so I actually ended up forming my LLC thinking, I'm just going to go into private. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to go into private practice. This is the time. But then I got offered a job at a birth to three center. And, um, and so I'm like, oh, good. I'll just go do that but I had already formed the LLC that I'm like, Oh, why do all that work? If I've got this other job and it was a really great job. I loved it. Um, and actually learned about what not to do because then, um, they had been, they were a nonprofit and they had been in existence for 50 years in our community and they closed the doors and we got almost no notice and, um, they didn't run their business well at all. And I learned a lot about what not to do. I mean, they weren't even collecting copays. It was bad anyway. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I guess I have to start that business that I got the LLC for. <laughs> um, and so I, I had this little girl who was um, just starting to make progress. She's a little baby. She, she was um, blind, later diagnosed with autism. And I was like, I'm not going to stop helping this little baby. So I just started serving her and then just did it for free until the contract came through and the mom did a bunch of photography for me. We just like did a trade until I could get it together. But I had to make two weeks before my husband left his job to be Mr. Mom so that I could do, do all of this. And, um, and but I'm like, I got to make the money. So I went back into rehab skill uh, to a skilled nursing facility, had not done that in 17 years. Mm. And so I did both. I started my business and I went back there to make money, but it was a very profitable company. And I learned a lot about coding and like, I learned a lot of good business stuff from them. And then over two years, I, I slowly did less, more my own hours on my business and pulled away from that. And then at two, two years, I felt confident to just be on my own. I think been there's a lot of cool. Been uh, on my own since then. Right. There, there are some interesting things that, that Mary has said. Number one uh, is she had the seed planted. I guess from her family, this entrepreneurial seed, it was there, right? And mm -hmm. the aspirations and desire to be an entrepreneur was there from 30 plus years ago, right? But it never happened uh, until 20 years into it. And the truth of the matter is that it's scary to do this business thing. It's scary to do something that you haven't, you haven't done. Maybe your family's done it, but you haven't done it before. Uh, but it's mm -hmm. funny how pain will usually kind of give us that little push. I call it the PP and that's the pain push. And that pain push will. The pain push. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes it's a big pain push. something interesting that Mary said as well. She said that, you know, she created this LLC and then she started working for this company. She actually enjoyed working for the company, but the company shut the doors down and it was like on just, just a flip of a switch. Uh, but she learned things and she learned from that company what not to do from a business standpoint so that, so that she doesn't put herself in that situation. 
She also worked for mm-hmm. another company where she actually learned things that she could do. And I say that to many of you that are listening, because there are a group of you right now that you're like, you know, I'm in my situation and I don't like my situation and I want to be able to open my business and I'm not learning anything from my situation, but actually you can learn something from wherever you're at right now. And to me, that's wisdom. Wisdom is saying, look, regardless of where I'm at, there's something that can allow me to be able to grow and get closer and closer to the thing that I eventually want to do. So Mary took two different situations and said, look, this is how like I realized I can't do it this way because these people went out of business. They weren't collecting copays. They weren't doing this, that. And then you go over here, hey, I learned some things from this. I'm not saying I'm going to do it exactly the way that they do it, but I learned some things from this business on, hey, this is actually how you operate a business. So there's a lot of cool things that seem to happen for you prior to you actually going into your business. And I think there's one other thing that you said is that for two years, you worked on building your business, but you're also doing something else to make ends meet. Can, can you talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit more? What that looked like, what your days looked like? Was it long days? Like, I just think it's important for people to understand. There was actually a period that I did seven jobs in that process. Wow. I, I was doing seven different things because I actually had because I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. So I was dabbling. Mm. So I, I had, um, I had a, a client with rehab without walls. So I, I had like one Guillain-Barre guy that was at home. So I would do a visit with him. I had, um, still a contract with a school where I was, um, supervising some people. So I had some hours at the school. I had a couple of other, um, skilled nursing facility. Basically I was, I was, I was figuring it out. Like, what do I want to do? I wasn't sure which direction. So I was doing like seven different things. And then I don't, I look back, I don't even know how I did that, honestly, but I just um, started peeling off like, nope, not this one. This is better. Not this one. This one's better. Learned from all of it. And it's kind of a blur. I'm not even sure how I did it, but I just hustled and just knew that I had to I don't know, get her done. But, you know, I was thinking when you're talking about learning from different things, that bad boss that I had, I had never had like anybody yell at me before, or treat me really bad. And it was very, I was very naive because I just had this happy go lucky career. Everybody's nice. Everybody's normal. And then I had this person that um, just wasn't. And so what I did is I started taking notes. I'm like, oh, this is what to never do. <laughs> and I, I, I wrote and wrote and wrote. I'm like, never do this to somebody. Never, never, never. You know, so it was, so I even learned from the bad situation. Like I'm not taught me to be a better boss, you know? Yeah. You guys, I think that's a huge, you know, takeaway. If right now you're listening to this and you're currently in a situation that's not ideal, please remember it, use that pain. And sometimes you just got to write it down, jot it down, journal it down, say, okay, you know something when I'm in my situation, I'm never going to do this. By the way, this doesn't just have to be a business. This could be with anything in life. Not getting treated right by a partner, this, that, da, 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 da. Remember those things. Remember the pain that you felt, the feeling you felt when somebody did do something to you in a way that didn't make you feel well. And just say, you know what? I'm going to break the cycle of this. When I have the opportunity to do whatever mm-hmm. it is that I'm going to do, I'm going to do it you know, differently. All right. So your current business that you have right now, um, you told us you have a, 
you know, a, a brick and mortar, uh, you know, clinic, and you have an online business. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your brick and mortar, Ohana OT. Um, I know you said who you serve, but what's your staff like? And when I say staff, like how many staff do you have? How long have you guys been in business and the things that you do? Sure. Well, um, it, it started, it started as just home visits. Um, and then I had a, I had a, um, treatment room out of my home and I discovered people would drive two hours, um, up the mountain to do therapy at my house. Um, when I had the right equipment, I mean, I, I had like an actual therapy room with the right equipment and everything. And then I discovered, wow, people will drive all the way here. So then that gave me the confidence to get um, a 800 square foot clinic in my town. And, um, and again, people were driving really far for, and it just grew and grew. And then I just finally had to make the decision to move more centrally located to Wenatchee, which is right in the middle of the state of Washington. And so we continue to have people come from all over this because to get the services we provide, they'd have to go to the other big cities, Seattle, Spokane or Yakima, and we're right in the middle. So we, so people come from all over the middle of the state. And so, and it continued to grow. And then we've grown right through the pandemic. So last year we um, doubled the size. We got the other half of the bottom floor that we're in and we doubled our physical space and our staff. And so with um, the person who will be coming um, in a month, we'll have six people treating. OTs and CODAs, um, and I'm not treating, I'm mentoring, and I do some, a little bit of evals and it's all OT right now, but we're, we're, uh, pretty full in our space. In fact, I was talking to my landlord cause I'm like, um, I can see us growing out of this space and, um, I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to do exactly. And he goes, well, you know, that one corner is actually a storage area. So we're already thinking ahead. Like he's thinking of moving his storage stuff out. So maybe we could get even a little bit more room down there, which would How be cool. How much space do you guys have right now? Uh, 3,300 square feet. Okay. And in 2020 was when you did the renovation for your place as well, correct? And expanded it. Well, correct? this is 22. So it would have been 21, 2021. Yeah. 2021. 2021. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so with the pandemic, oh, go ahead. No, I said in 2021, you expanded your, 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 your space and now mm-hmm. we're in 2022 and you're already considering expanding your space again, correct? Yeah. 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 And we have like over a hundred ready to schedule and that we can't even put on their schedule right now. You guys, I think one of the big reasons why I'm asking her that is because uh, if you don't open the business, Mary started the business at our house up in the mountains they can't come okay if you don't build it they can't come i'm not saying if you build it they will come but i'm saying if you don't build it they can't come if you don't grow from out of your house to having a location they can't or at least a certain amount of them won't be able to come because it's only in your house if you don't take it from your your location to growing it they can't come. Okay. You can only have a certain amount. And so it's crazy because to think now that we're not even a year out of expansion, where now it's like, we've got a massive wait list of more people. I just want you all to understand that. 
you've got to have faith. You got to have faith that, hey, if I build it, um, I'm giving them the opportunity to come. Now, you got to learn business and you have to learn all these other th- things so that people will actually know you're there. But I, I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, Mary. You've mm-hmm. been in business now for 14 years. Okay, You ha- now have a brick and mortar uh, practice and you also have an online business. Can you give me a few valuable tips? Good and bad. Things that you've learned over these 14 years that as we're talking to these listeners, it's something that they can take away and hopefully they won't uh, deal with the pitfalls or can navigate through things that maybe they might be dealing with. Yes. Um, I think that uh, I think that that this path, the entrepreneurial path is like the most powerful personal development program you could ever have because each stage is scary and hard, but then you overcome it. And then you're like, wow, I did that, you know, and then you get all this confidence and, but it, it's just like never ending. So, but for tips, I would definitely say, um, indecision equals death. You have to be decisive. You can't just live in indecision. You just got to do it and then go with massive imperfect action. Don't worry if you made the wrong decision. You just you're not going to go anywhere if you don't make a decision. And then once you make that decision, you just take massive imperfect action. Don't let perfectionism hold you back. And that's what I think holds most of us back because, you know, we're taught in school to do it perfectly, get the A. I mean, that's how we got to where, you know, that's how we got to get our degree. Right. But then when you looking at business, it's like flipped. It's completely the opposite. You just have to you just have to go for it and then learn from learn from what works and what doesn't work. Hmm. And that. then the yeah. other thing is <laughs> I waited way too long to, to pay for expert help to compress time. I mean, I, um, you know, I had opportunities to, but I just, I don't know. I couldn't like justify it in my mind, but now being on the other side of it, um, it's, it's not even spending money when you triple or quadruple your, your investment. So now I've had, um, multiple different coaching that I've done. I've done coaching. I am in coaching with you, but other people too, but every single, as long as you get a good, you know, as long as it's a good person to invest in that knows what they're doing, and how to motivate you. Um, you get, it's like, you're not even spending money. All you're doing is making money <laughs> because you, you get your return on investment. And I did not understand that. And I nearly lost everything because I didn't understand that. I also didn't understand. I had a lot of issues around pro- the word profit. I couldn't say the word profit without having like a bad feeling in my stomach. Like it was bad, you know? So I sabotaged myself a lot. Um, but now I understand it like this. I, I, I explained this to a friend the other day. So it's like, if I have a can of seltzer and I bought it for a dollar and I'm selling it to you, Greg, for a dollar, break even. Cause we think, well, we just need to break even. That's break even, right? What do I have? Nothing. Break even is losing. You have nothing. So if I sell it to you for a dollar 10, I mean a dollar and I bought it, Let's see, I sell it to you for a dollar ten, and I bought it for a dollar. I have ten cents. Now I got to sell ten. Now I can go buy another one to sell. 
that 10 cents, you know, at least I'm gaining. Now, what if I sold it to you for 90 cents and I paid a dollar, which is our business model with a lot of our insurances. I mean, if we're not really careful, we're losing that 10 cents, $10, whatever, a visit. What am I going to have? I'm going to have not just nothing. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to go bankrupt. And I let it get bad. And I do you want to hear how bad I let it get? Please, please tell us. <laughs> and it was, you don't even know this. Um, I've never told you all this stuff. Um, okay. At one point, I cashed out my retirement that I had from the school, $100,000 to keep my business going. Cashed wow. it out. Um, I got $100,000 behind in my taxes. Mm. And I, when I sold the plate, the one good thing that I did is I had owned that 800 square foot clinic. And so when I sold that space, I was able to, um, you know, get a clean slate, pay off everything I owed. But if I didn't have that to sell, I, I was SOL. I mean, I would have gone bankrupt. Wow. And you know why my problem, my problem was all about my stupid mindset about money. Because I, I, I am a, I I'm a bleeding heart. Yeah. I'm a bleeding heart. I want to help everybody. And so, you know, I was losing money on all my Medicaid kids, but I actually renegotiated my contract. I went all the way to the CEO of, of Molina and explained to them that I'm the only one doing this. People are driving two hours. I'm going out of business if I continue to serve your population unless you guys can do something about it. And they actually did. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is so huge. I, I think we got to, we got to dive into this stuff a little bit more. I was just going to move on to the next question. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, profit is okay. You guys profit is okay mm-hmm. because without profit, you can't stay in business. The first rule of business is to stay in business. And if I can't pay for operating the business, if I can't pay for the people to help me operate the business, if I can't take care of myself and my family, then that means that I actually have a broken business model. And that Mm -hmm. means that when you have a broken business model, you can't stay in business. So when Mary just said, but I just wanted to serve people. And I know this woman and she does have a heart of gold. Well, you not being profitable is you saying that I have no desire to serve these people on a long-term basis because that mm-hmm. means that I don't have a business that can actually do that. The only way you can do that is that you, if you actually have a business that is not just getting by, but a business that is profitable. It has to be profitable. That's how you're able to provide better services, better outcomes, better experiences for your clientele. So again, that's, that, that's a huge mindset shift that we all need to have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Mary talked about the power of paying to compress your time. You know, there just you, there becomes a time in your journey to where you have to be willing to invest. And when I say invest, sometimes that's investing money. Um, sometimes that's investing your time. Sometimes that's investing your effort. Most of us, though, the one thing that we have a very uh, a, a, this, the same of we have a finite resource is our time. So mm-hmm. if someone knows how to do something that you don't know how to do, you have to understand that like you're going to have to pay money, which is something that you can get more of 
so that you can get back the thing that you can't get anymore, which is your time. And so that's a really important thing. And then the last thing is, you know, I know that many of us struggle with making decisions because we're so afraid of making mistakes. But the reality is that mistakes is what allows you to eventually um, not hit perfection, but it allows you to refine what it is that you're doing. You can't do it without mistakes. And I think this whole thing of Avoiding mistakes, which is basically how what you said, Mary, it's how we were taught that mm-hmm. everything's got to be perfect. And if everything's not perfect, well, by the way, we're not going to, we're not going to try to, we're just going to scold you for it not being perfect. We're not going to say, Hey, you know what? Hey, you didn't get this right. Let's try it this way. Um, you know, imperfect action is definitely the way to go. Okay. I love those things. Um, something that you could tell the audience now for national business model for healthcare professionals, something that you feel that will be of value to them. Uh, I know you do a lot of stuff with uh, with your online business, with helping people with documentation. And that's part of collapsing people's time or compressing their time. Is there something that you can give my audience that would be of value to them? Maybe you talk about that or anything else you want to. Sure. Um, so I, I figured out pretty early on, you know, I'm not getting paid to document (laughs) and I have a very, very poor memory. And so I've always been somebody to, um, kind of create things for myself to make things easy and fast and not rely on my brain. And, um, and so over the years and, and what we do is really complicated. Like us pediatric OTs will write books about these kids. Um, you know, hours and hours on our, our evals, because we want everybody to understand everything that we understand about this child. And, um, but so I, I, it took me a long time, but I created a system where I feel like I can, um, still have a really good report, but I can get it done like in 15 minutes. Um, but one of the things that I really love, um, I mean, you can do, you can do a template in your EMR, but I really love JotForm. Do you ever use JotForm for anything? Or using and you can also do like Google Forms, but I feel like no matter what you're doing, you've got to create shortcuts. So, um, you know, click boxes, drop down menus, all that kind of stuff. Um, so like I can get an eval written in under like under 15 minutes, like 10 minutes. And, you know, the average therapist is spending over an hour. Some spend seven or eight hours if they're doing a lot of tests and they're just spending an incredible amount of time documenting that they don't need to be doing. Um, so when I, er, early on, uh, the pandemic, um, I created a group for telehealth because we're all like, ah, how do we do this telehealth activities? How do we do this therapy on telehealth? And there's, uh, 60 countries to over 12,000 people on it. And so I just started figuring out, like, we were just helping each other, like here's activity ideas, et cetera, et cetera. But as time went on, I was just finding out like what, you know, realizing I'm a seasoned therapist. A lot of these people aren't, how else can I help them? And I just started doing surveys and that documentation. And that's how I ended up doing the course because documentation was the one thing that kept coming up that people were struggling with. And so then um, I did some master classes, and then I ended up just going all in and putting everything that I um, have created into one program. and. And it's been great. I mean, even I even have a gal in Australia that did it. That um, how many people have gone through that program now? Uh, hundred five. 
106, 106. 106. Wow. Um, that's fantastic. Okay. Let's, let's dive into this a little bit more. You guys, this is National Business Month for Healthcare Professionals. As you can see, just wanted, Mary just gave you an idea of what you do as a business owner slash entrepreneur. What she did is uh, she, like all of us, were like, whoa, what do we do during this time? And it's the pandemic, da, 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 da. And what she did is she said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring people together. We can't go- come together physically. But because she was willing to bring people together, bring them together you know, digitally and create a little sub-community through a group, she was able to get 12,000 people in OT from 60 different you know, countries. Okay. That was number one. It's the first tip she gave me. Number two, um, when she brought the people together, she said, what are the problems that you have? And what you all will see is that the problems that they had is basically the problems that everyone has. The biggest solutions that are being created for people today that people are paying money for is being able to get back their time. Mm -hmm. So this case, these people were having a hard time with being able to do documentation, which was taking them a long period of time. Now, Mary, as the entrepreneur that she is, said, you know what? I'm going to start to help people around that. Did she create a program yet? No. She said, I know how to help people with this, so I'm going to help them. And what she did is she started to help them, but she didn't help them until she found out that they actually needed help in this particular area. So then she helped them. You guys, there's been no money exchange at this point, okay? And then she helped them, and she helped them, and she served them, and she found that there was proof that people, it wasn't just her that felt this way about getting her time back with documentation. There were other people that needed that as well. And then after she got proof of that, she said, you know what, I'm going to create a program around this. Now, I know how much that program is. And it is not 20 bucks, okay? This is a program that costs thousands of dollars. But now we're in 2022 and she's helped over 100 people go through this program and it's been able to save them so much time, effort, and energy because of this problem. You guys, this is what National Business Month for Healthcare Professionals is all about. This is about showing you different ways that we can solve the problems that we're dealing with in healthcare. And Mary, you've done a wonderful job at that. Like absolutely amazing. Whether it's through your brick and mortar practice or it's online. Fantastic. So let me give you, let me give you a little bit of Okay. okay. Any parting uh, thoughts that you would like to tell the people and then please tell them how they can find you. Oh goodness. I feel like I should have something really wise here. <laughs> I I think um I I think it's just face your fears, you know, figure out what your fears are and and just go for it cuz what's on the other side is amazing and if you just if you just keep focusing on on how to help people, how to truly, I mean we're all helpers, right? So how to truly serve people and finding out what you know, what you can help with, you know. I I never intended to make a documentation course that was never on my radar. You know, it's just a problem I solved for myself. Right. And then, can I ask you this? I, I wasn't planning on asking you this, but if you if you had to do it over again, okay, you waited twenty years to get into business and to solve the problems that you're solving for two different groups of people, two different companies. Mm-hmm. If you had to do it over again, what's your take? Would you 
do it faster? Would you start earlier or would, or you're like, well, no, I would have made it the same way just out of curiosity. Um, you know, I think I had a lot of misconceptions that made me lack the confidence in doing it sooner. And so I think that I could have probably done it sooner. Um, and that was that I felt, I felt like I had a, have a certain level of expertise. Like I needed some credentials after my name for, you know, like in this area of sensory integration and, um, but the reality is, I mean, people hardly even know that we're OTs. I mean, all they care about is that we can change their, you know, change their life and that we, what we do works. And so I think the thing that I realized, like I get in my own mind, like I, I have to hit these benchmarks in order to succeed. And it's not even true. What, what matters is that you actually get results. That's all that matters. All that matters. Wow. Thank you. That's been fantastic. Okay. Where can they find you? Tell them what you have. Sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You can always get me Facebook messenger. My Ohana website is ohanaot.com. And um, you can also email me. It's my name altogether. Mary Koska, K-O-S-T-K-A at AOL.com. Wonderful. Wow. She still has an AOL. I know. I was going to say that shows my age. I just never felt like changing it. Wow. You know what mine is? Mine was, well, actually, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I got to tell you guys this real quick. Sorry. This is totally not, has nothing to do with the podcast, but I used to share this is how poor we were. We used to share an email address with my buddy down the road and it was papalovin at AOL.com. Don't ask. That'll be for another podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Mary, thank you so much for being on the Wealth Code Secrets. Thank you for being a part of National Business Month for Healthcare Professionals. And you're doing an absolutely amazing job. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Wealth Code Secrets. If you haven't already, please share this out so that more people can get access to the Wealth Code. Now, if you would like to work with us and connect with my team, go to www.connectwithgt.com. That's where you can find all my free trainings, free resources, and actually book a free strategy call with my team. So looking forward to talking with you. Remember, let's make your days count. Till next time.